Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It is the Full Court Press, hour number two, 501, your kickoff time. You're on a Monday, September 21st, as we look down the stretch of the month of September, get you ready for uh, October, which could have major implications on what our sports season is going to look like. Will we have football in the Mount West Conference? Will we have football in the Pac-12? And basketball, Utah State men's basketball and women's basketball will get officially underway in regards to practices and such as they get ready for the season to start on November 25th. What will the schedule look like? And uh, there's reports that games for at least the Utah State men's basketball uh, conference games, Eric, would start in December. Late December is when those conference games would start. So, uh, yeah. And how many conference games? Yeah. Is it a normal, Uh, typical schedule? Do they pair it back to still preserve some non-conference? They're saying 18. Uh, And that that schedule is probably going to be announced soon. You don't know exactly be, right? when, yeah, but it has to be coming out soon. Uh, there's there are reports that the Pac-12 is in uh, a lot of meetings this week to try to get their schedule released. Uh, there's certainly some concerns in California and Oregon. Some t- some schools have uh, not been practicing uh, or having players even work out. So there's some real concerns about the timely manner in which these schools can really be up and running in time for a start of the season. And really, that's the same issue with the Mountain West. Uh, I haven't heard anything much as definitive with the Mountain West. And I know they're, they released a, a statement last week saying they're meeting regularly to review protocols and the latest uh, issues and uh, rates of infection in different locations and things like that. So I know that they're working towards... A return, but uh, we haven't heard anything official just yet. I would suspect that we would hear something official from the Pac-12 by the end of the week. Mount West Conference, when you got to hear by? I think it's got to be something similar. Yeah, I'm just going to say, it can't be any later than this week, right? No. It'd be crazy, because we are at, if they were to start, Eric, uh, rumors say 24th or 31st, according to rumors. That's out there. Um but if that's the case, we're a month away. Here's the other thing, too. Utah State today announced changes to next the next semester. They're going to start later than normal. They are not going to do a spring break. Oh, yeah. I heard about this. So the, the start time uh, it will be like mid-January for the spring semester for Utah State next year. So, uh, if it's conceivable that that this uh, Mountain West Conference and Utah State football schedule, including with what's going on with basketball, could get a significant number of games in without students being on campus, which is probably a good thing. It doesn't. I mean, yeah, it's not great for fan attendance or anything like that. But if the bottom line, most important thing here is getting games. In getting having games played, then uh, they're going to need to try to fit in as many as they can before those students are back. No spring break, boy, that's going to be tough on college. They're not going to be happy with that. 
They didn't get spring break last year. I mean, it was all shut down before spring break. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and get into some NFL. We'll step away from the college gridiron, go to the pro gridiron. A lot of good games last, or excuse me, yesterday, uh, and a really good one tonight. Saints Raiders. This is in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, uh, where the Raiders will host their first ever game in Las Vegas. Think about this, man. Las Vegas Raiders. Has that like sat with you yet? It hasn't. No, it has not been able to sink in yet. I think until I see the game being played uh, and see what it looks like and realize, huh, yep, it's real. That's not just some Vegas mirage. It's not some weird casino. Weird. It's just <laughs> That is a real <laughs> NFL t- game being played out in Las Vegas. Uh, by the way, if you want to text into our show or be a part of it, 435-339-0321, or if you want to call in, 435-752-1069. By the way, tonight's game, the line is New Orleans minus four. Are you taking the points and the team? Um, I probably go with New Orleans, and I take New Orleans to cover. I think it'll be close, um, but I, I think it'll be New Orleans by a touchdown. Yeah, I'll take uh, New Orleans on the points. Absolutely. Absolutely, I'll take New Orleans to the points. Hey, you got Drew Brees tonight, or no, your opponent's got Drew Brees in his fantasy matchup, right? Yeah, but I've got like a 50-point lead, so Dude, I'm uh, look, right. I said the same thing, and then I had, according <laughs> to ESPN projections and percentages, I had a 94% chance of winning at half, Eric, at half, and I was up 52. Well, he's only got Drew Brees, that's it. That's and what I've you got, say. I've got a 99% chance okay. of winning. I had a 99% chance of winning last night at kickoff. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, you never know. Don't count your eggs before they hatch, Eric. We're going to come back in here with tears in your eyes tomorrow. Well, I hope we start not. The show. I hope not. Uh, yesterday, excuse me, Thursday night's game, if everybody remembers, 35-30 Browns over the Bengals. Uh, Baker Mayfield beats Joe Burrow in their first ever matchup. Bears last yesterday. Over the Giants, 17-13, Bears improved to 2-0. Giants are 0-2, but bigger and more worse news for the New York Giants. They lose their star running back for the year. Well, and that's the the story of the day. I mean, so many injuries. Saquon Barkley, he's out. I mean, it's a long laundry list of players, notable players, who are out with significant injuries. Um, And so, for me, Ajay, this is a question we posed before. Is this... Just a fluke in week two of the NFL? Or is it related to how much time these players did not have to get their bodies ready for an NFL regular season? So let's go through the injuries really quickly, and and then let's hack that down from there. Nick Bosa, expected torn ACL. Saquon Barkley, torn ACL. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, high ankle sprain four to six weeks. Drew Locke sprained AC joint, uh, not looking great for him. They said there's an evaluation window, but they don't know how long it's going to take. Cortland Sutton, huge loss for them at the receiver department for the Broncos. Torn ACL. Jimmy Garoppolo, high ankle sprain. Devontae Adams, hamstring. uh, Tavon Young, knee. That's all they're calling it for there. Uh, Malik Hooker, Achilles tendon. Brandon Scherf, knee for Washington. Uh, 49ers, Raheem Mostert, sprained MCL. Uh, Chargers, Tyrod Taylor, chest. Vikings, Anthony Barr, had a shoulder injury. Uh, Jaguars, Brendan Linder, had a knee. Isaac Samulio of the Eagles had a knee. 
Same thing for Paris Campbell of the Colts. Uh, sprained MCL for Caleb McGarry of the Falcons. Bruce Irvin is look looks like they have a torn ACL as well. So for the Seahawks, he's out for the year. Uh, Joe Newpoom has a calf, Will Fuller a hamstring. Like the list goes on here, and that's only the notable ones. Eric, I feel like not having a preseason is a result of these injuries. But Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo, did you mention him? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a long list of uh, uh, of players. It's some more significant than others. Christian McCaffrey, high ankle sprain, which you know it's not as serious as some of these others, but a lot of very notable players injured yesterday. I think that it does have to do with. They didn't have as much of a lead-up as they normally get. Not as much practice time. Uh, the preseason games, uh, they didn't have those. And then all of a sudden, they're just thrown into, here we go, 100 miles an hour. We're going to go at each other. Um, so, yeah, I feel bad for what's going on with a lot of these NFL guys. That's a real concern. And I know that's the concern in college football as well. If you're looking at the Pac-12 and the Mountain West – Saying, yeah, you're going to have a very short ramp, ramp up to get to this, uh, this start of the regular season. And I'd be looking at what's going on in the NFL in week two, and I'd be very concerned if anybody trying to, to say, you've got to be ready to go in four weeks. Especially if you're like Fresno State and you haven't even been able to lift. Yeah, you haven't even been able to pick up and throw a ball until now, right? If I'm not mistaken. Like, they are extremely behind the eight ball uh, in regards of. Uh, just, I mean, the prep and the practice and the conditioning part. I mean, it's just, it's it's unreal. It's unreal. And you expect them, like you said, to be able to come out, and especially in professional football. This should be scary for uh, college teams to watch professional athletes like this um, deal with this kind of an injury. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Eric, uh, probably the barn burner of the night. Cowboys 40, Falcons 39. The uh, story of this, though, was one play. See, You don't have to wait for it to go 10 yards. You can attack it right there. Somebody could have came in and got it. You're just watching it go. Alameda Zacchaeus could have just... See. That is the Falcons watching an onside kick bounce by three different guys, and then those same three guys plus one decide to just watch the ball rule another two to three yards, where Dallas then recovers it, comes back, and wins in stunning fashion to beat the Falcons. That is awesome work by the Falcons. They continue to choke. Unreal. I mean, give give the Cowboys some credit Do we for know? how they came back. Well, look, they were down big at halftime. And they fought and, and just kept digging in to try to make them, give themselves a position to win. But uh, so they gave themselves a, a shot, yes. But ultimately, th- that's more of a Falcon failure than it is oh, about a Cowboys it's success. It's so bad, man. That's horrible. Yeah, how do you how do you not know when the other opposite team kicks it off? You can grab it at any time. Down the ball. Yeah, just down the ball. And, and you it, win the game. Yeah, exactly. And if it doesn't go 10 yards, guess what? You're just fine. Uh, some numbers to mention with this crazy, crazy game. Uh, let's see. I, I got to find it now. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of crazy numbers to read here, Eric. Uh, let's see here. Dallas. Let's see. No, excuse me. I'm going to go to. 
this one, so I'm doing this on the fly. The Falcons had a 99.9% win probability according to ESPN metrics. Again, don't listen to ESPN metrics because it lied to me about my fantasy <laughs> football team. But when the Cowboys started their possession, training or trailing 39-30 with 2.57 left, the Falcons had a 99.9% chance to win. Entering Sunday, Eric, teams were 11 and 111, which is a 9.9% uh, winning percentage, on onside kicks in the fourth quarter since the NFL changed their kickoff rules in 2018. Congratulations, Falcons. You screwed it up again. That's just so bad. Just down oh, the Oh, here ball. it is. The Falcons had 39 points with zero turnovers in their loss against the Cowboys. <laughs> Entering Sunday, teams were 440-0 and when scoring 39-plus points with zero turnovers since 1933 when team turnovers were first tracked according to Elias. Oh, my word. Again, congratulations, Falcons. Cowboys improved to 1-1. and The Falcons are now 0-2. And Dan Quincy now ever so burns on the bottom side of his keister. Uh, speaking of choking, Lions fall to the Packers 42-21. But it's more the fact, Eric, that the Lions, once again, had a double-digit lead and found a way to squander it. In fact, Eric... The Lions become the first team in NFL history to lose four straight games in which they had a double-digit lead. Detroit has lost 11 straight games, its most since losing 19 in a row from 2007-9, including the first-ever 0-16 season in league history. Go Lions! Eric, uh, they blow another double-digit lead. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Matthew Stafford had 12, was 20-33 for 244 yards, two touchdowns, and they were up by 11, and then Packers come storming back, scoring... Uh, 31 points in quarters two and three combined, and then had eight in the fourth quarter. This, like, I don't know what else to tell you. Packers are finding ways to win, and the Lions are finding great ways to lose. Yeah, and, you know, Devontae Adams got a hamstring problem. Uh, So how long is that? Is he going to be out? But other guys stepped up big. I mean, Aaron Jones had a huge game. Uh, 68 yards receiving and a touchdown. 168 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Yeah, unreal. Uh, just unreal what, um, what Green Bay has done, how they've developed their team uh, in the offseason. And uh, it, you know, Aaron Rodgers was critical of not getting new weapons through the draft. Well, they've worked hard to develop yeah, what they already have. And they're handling it pretty well right now, aren't they? Yes, yeah, so that coaching staff's like, we've, we're okay with who we have right now. Uh, Titans, 33-30 winners over the Jaguars. Titans go to 2-0. Jaguars now 1-1 on the season. Tannehill, four TDs. And uh, Steven Koskowski, who had a horrible week, and a, a forgettable week last week, comes through big uh, with a field goal that helps uh, beat the Jaguars. Again, 33-30. Colts over the Vikings, 28-11. Bills beat the Dolphins, 31-28. Bills are now 2-0 on the season. The whole Josh Allen, uh, Josh Allen hate wagon is... Falling apart mighty quickly. Yeah, uh, he's doing all right. I mean, four touchdowns, 417 yards passing. Um, is he, well, is he doing a, a great job or is he just benefiting from being in the right system, right place, right time? No, he's doing a great job. 
I honestly, I think he Because that, that Buffalo defense is also really good. Sure, they are, but Josh Allen goes 24 or 35 for 417 and 4. That's not bad. No, it's That's true. That's pretty dang good. Uh, 49ers over the Jets, but again, as we already mentioned, they lost one guy on the, the defense side of the ball with the torn ACL. They lost their quarterback for at least uh, a few weeks. Jimmy Garoppolo with a high ankle sprain, 31-13, though the Niners beat the Jets. Uh, but, man, there's concerns with that MetLife turf right now. And there's players and other teams wondering, do we want to go play there? Is it really worth it? Uh, so stay tuned for that. Sam Darnold was 21-32 to for 179, and he had one TD. Uh, Rams over the Eagles, 37-19. Rams now 2-0. and Eagles 0-2. Jared Goff was 20-27 for 267. Uh, Steelers beat the Broncos 26-21. Ben Roethlisberger was 29-41 for 3-11 and two TDs. No, I was bagging on Roethlisberger before the season. As was I. he's looking pretty sharp right now. He looks good, but can he handle it through 16 games? Can well, that's the big, that's, that is a big key, yes. Uh, Tom Brady gets his first win with a, his new squad. Buccaneers 31, Panthers 17. Teddy Bridgewater, or Teddy Bridgewater went 33 of 42 for 367, but he had two picks. Leonard Fournette had 12 carries for 103 and two. Uh, DJ Moore had eight receptions for 120 yards. He's by the way, I picked him up off the free agent list on Saturday night. Who did you pick up? DJ Moore. Huh. Best decision I could have made. Good for you. I know, but I still lost. You so needed a little bit more. Panther. Than DJ Moore. I hate, I hate you so badly. <laughs> Panthers uh, fall to 0-2. Buccaneers now are uh, split 1-1. One one. Washington football team will not go 16-0 as so many did not expect. They fall 30-15 to to Kyler Murray, who uh, was phenomenal. 26-38 for 286 yards and a TD. I think he's a sneaky MVP candidate, Eric. Oh, I don't know if i go that far. Really? Uh, Russell Wilson's... He's up there. Well, I said, okay, I'm saying MVP candidate. Like, right, you got Mahomes, Lamar, who, by the way, next Sunday, or what do you mean, next Monday night, Chiefs, Ravens, undefeated, can't wait. Great matchup. Uh, but you got Lamar, you got Mahomes. Russell Wilson is definitely on that list, especially after last night's performance. Kyler Murray's got to be on that list, too, man. I don't know if I'd put him on the list. Why? I think he's, Why, though? I think he's looking good, but he look who he has to throw to. I mean, he's got the best wide receiving core in the NFL. Uh, I'm not trying to bag on Kyler Murray. I just think that there are other guys that are doing more with less, and uh, especially (laughs) Russell Wilson. But uh, I think definitely we're seeing something pretty special happening in Arizona so far. They started out last year kind of rough, but then they got better. They settled in. Uh, I think the coaching staff figured out what it means to be NFL coaches, I think Kyler Murray is settling in. I think they've made some great moves to get some great help around him. Arizona could be a really interesting team if they can continue this uh, later on in the year. Just they have so many different weapons, different ways to attack you. Yeah, the running game is not the best, but it's serviceable. Just enough to keep you guessing. But um, but that's that Arizona team looking pretty good. By the way, going back to the Niners, Nick Wagner, of the uh, he's beat writer for the 49ers, MRI confirms that 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa has indeed suffered a torn left ACL. My goodness gracious. It's just it's just ongoing yesterday. 9310 text in to us, Eric. How about Harris Butker hitting all his clutch field goals 
Final score, Chiefs 23, Chargers 20 in overtime. Here's the situational. Okay, here's the scoop-de-poop. The, char the Chiefs are within field goal range, sort of, from 53. Yeah, that's right, 53 is field goal range for Bucker. He had hit a 58-yarder to tie the franchise record earlier in the game. So from 53, no big deal, right? Nails it. Problem is, false start. So let's kick it back five yards and see what happens. <laughs> so he goes in there, knocks it through. No problem. Problem? Chargers call timeout. One of their two they have left. So let's do it again. Third time, Bucker with just breeze. Right foot had room to spare by about three and a half yards, to be honest with you. In fact, he was so confident when he kicked it, Eric, he started walking away with his arms <laughs> raised. Amazing. That is solid. Yeah, that's, that is incredible. And you know what? Give uh, It was awesome what he did, but what the, the, what the Chargers did to push Kansas City to the brink, Justin Herbert finding out just moments before the game that he was going to be the starter. Yeah. And how he came in and with I thought poise, he was really good. How he handled things. Very, very impressive. 22 of 33 for 311 and a touchdown. Not bad. Yeah, he did throw an interception, which, okay, I, I can't really. It's a rookie, though. Fault yeah. the guy for that. Yeah. But uh, I just really impressed with how the Chargers gave Kansas City all they could hope for. And. Um, and a uh, really impressive game for them and how they were to hang in there. Maybe Kansas City was a victim of overlooking their opponent a little bit. but um, I would, too, for next Sunday, Monday night's game. Yeah, right? So, uh, but give a lot of credits to the, the uh, Chargers and how they were able to hang in there and play tough. Uh, speaking of next week's opponent for the Chiefs, the Ravens thrashed the Texans 33-16. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 25 of 36 for 275 yards and a touchdown. You want to talk about a player that's going to waste? Deshaun Watson is going to waste. That talent. It's like what Barry Sanders was with the Detroit Lions. Deshaun Watson is with the Texans. It's that bad. Yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with you. I think if you put him on a, a, a team that believes in itself... <laughs> That uh, it, that doesn't trade away great players, yeah, and, and just sabotage themselves with bad contracts with other players. Um, it could be a really different situation for Deshaun Watson. It's just that's poor management in Houston, and uh, he's shackled with them until he can find a way out. Uh, and then, of course, the Sunday night capper was a dandy. Uh, final score: Seattle thirty-five, New England Patriots thirty. Inside of the 12th man home, uh, New England for Cam Newton, 30 of 44 for 397 and a touchdown and a pick. Russell Wilton was absolutely spectacular, 21 of 28 for 288. He had five touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked twice, and he also rushed for 39 yards on five carries. Cam had 11 carries, 47 yards of rushing, uh, but it came down to two plays. One of them, Seattle got away with, and they probably shouldn't have on the third down call. Secondly, the uh, final play for the New England Patriots of having Cam take the snap. And he says, if I would have bent it to the outside, I would have scored walking. Instead, he took it inside. He followed his block. And credit to Seattle for reading it well and chopping down Cam Newton. And that's not an easy thing to do. And But what a great game, Eric. Great game. Great finish, especially if you're pulling for the, the Seahawks. Frustrating finish if you're pulling for the Patriots. You know... Because Seattle... Knew exactly what was going to happen, and <laughs> New England played right into it. Um, you do a run pass option, give him a bootleg. Uh, it just it was pretty obvious what was going to happen. Everybody read it, um, but yeah, you're right. It was a 
It was a barn burner. It was back and forth. Uh, one of those games that you just didn't want to see end. Uh, but it, but Russell Wilson, how that guy has never received even one vote for an MVP, that just blows my mind. Uh, he's done really well. He looks like he's on a mission this year. He's playing really, really well through two games. Um, but uh, also give credit to that uh, to Cam Newton and how he's fitting in with New England. Uh, that seems to be, so far, a, a decent fit, more so than a lot of people were giving them credit for before the year began. You know, for as a Patriots fan like myself, I was frustrated, sure, by some of the, uh, maybe a couple of play calls, lack of defense. Gilmore got beat really badly on a ball from Russell Wilton, but he, he put it in a perfect spot. Uh, but Eric, Cam Newton, with the loss of Dante Hightower, Patrick Chung, and so many defensive leaders and a couple of offensive linemen, James White didn't play yesterday due to the tragic car crash uh, that killed his father and put his mother in critical condition. Man, I, I, like, if you're a Patriots hater, if you're an anti-Patriots guy, you're pissed at the rest of the league for letting Cam Newton go to the Patriots. Like, how do you let that guy fall into Bill Belichick's hands? He has played extremely well into a new system with no spring, no OTAs, and no preseason, and he looks really good, to be honest with you. Uh, and he's gotten this maturity has just absolutely blossomed into something that I've never seen of the kid before. Yeah, but the New England's got to find some run support. Yeah, it can't true. be all on Cam, or he's not going to finish the season. Well, again, James White was out though yesterday because of the passing yeah. of his father. Does he? I mean, I don't know how much pressure he takes off because of how good. That Seattle run defense was yesterday. I thought they were really, really well. Covered the edges, uh, covered gaps. Really, I mean, it just there was no room for Michelle. It was incredible. Um, but I, I'm with you. I think Russell Wilson should be getting looks for the MVP candidate. I don't think he should win it. I think that should go to Mahomes as of right now. I think Mahomes is uh, doing more with, I wouldn't say less, but doing more. Uh, I, I, I think Mahomes is my front-runner candidate until... We see maybe well, it's his to lose. Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess it's really Lamar Jackson too to be in the hunt there. But uh, how about shout out to Bobby Wagner? Eight tackles, five solos, uh, one quarterback hit. Best hey. linebacker in the league, right there. Yep, absolutely. Best linebacker in his division. Absolutely, would not <laughs> could not agree with you more. Uh, Eric, how about Darwin Thompson? By the way, yesterday on a very critical fourth and one call, they give it to Darwin Thompson. He gets two. Uh, when there wasn't a lot of space to get two yards for Kansas City. And, I did not see that. I missed that. Oh, Darwin got a very critical uh, – he got the ball in a critical carry and was able to get – I mean, he got it by about a yard and a half, maybe less than that. But uh, it's good to see Darwin on a critical play get a big carry and uh Actually, I'm pulling up the box. He's, he carried the ball four times for 21 yards. Yep, yep. And one of them was, I believe, on fourth and one uh, near midfield. I want to say on the plus side of the field, but not by much. And uh, got the fourth and one, and, and yeah, it was cool to see Darwin Thompson out there. It is because I was afraid that he may lose any opportunity with the way Clyde Edwards-Helaire has been yeah. playing. Yep, that uh, that he would take all the touches, but they're still using Darwin in in certain situations. So again, uh, tonight you got the Patriots, not the Patriots. You got the Saints in Las Vegas to face the Raiders. We'll get into that game in a little bit. Eric's going to step out. Uh, it's got to take care of some business stuff, and then I'll stay here. So we'll preview the Saints-Raiders game. We'll look at next week's Monday night matchup with the Chiefs and Ravens for just a brief bit. And then, of course, we'll get us some NBA basketball. Big stuff going on. And a great piece by Howard Beck. 
Uh, Rachel Nichols talked about it a little bit, uh, it, but there's a piece by Howard Beck, and then uh, there's a Rachel Nichols bill, uh, bit as well that I want to play. And, we'll, of course, we get into the playoffs, Heat, Celtics, and a great game last night between the Lakers and Nuggets. That's all coming up on the Full Court Press on 106 and the Fan. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press, LJ Salveson here on 106.9 The Fan. Grateful to have you guys joining us, however and wherever you're doing so. 5.32 your time here, about halfway through the show, and We'll wrap it up with some NBA talk here in just a little bit, but I want to preview tonight's game big one. New Orleans Saints face the Las Vegas Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. That game is at 6.15 tonight uh, on ESPN and ABC, the affiliate of it, I should say. Uh, both teams are 1-0 New Orleans Saints. Got a big win over the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home, and while Las Vegas Raiders beat the Carolina Panthers. Now, this was supposed to be a big celebration of all sorts, for Las Vegas. New franchise in Las Vegas. The first, or excuse me, the second pro team ever in Las Vegas, of course, next to the Las Vegas Knights. Uh, Raider Nation was ecstatic about being there in Las Vegas. You had a ton of Raider fans from St. George that had season tickets that wanted to go to this game. You had a ton of Raider fans in all over Nevada who had bought season tickets to be a part of this. And, and now, there will be no fans. In fact, the Raiders have decided that there will be no fans at all for the entire season. Not just for the first three to four weeks, but the entire season as a whole. So now the whole entire national TV audience uh, will be watching a high-profile matchup with no fans there. By the way, can I just get something off my chest? I can't stand the fake crowd noise in a football game or a basketball game. It sounds atrocious. I'm watching the Panthers-Patriots game last night. And uh, I can hear Cam Newton's cadence. I can hear Russell Newton's cadence. I can hear Russell Wilson's cadence, sorry. I can hear uh, the hits and everything. I, I, you can hear everything. Like, there's nobody in there. But yet they have this fake crowd noise. And, and, the, and the thing is, is when, for example, when uh, Russell Wilson would run for like an eight-yard gain, there was no cheers. For like the first three seconds after the play, there was nothing. And then you hear this, <sighs> what the fetch? Like, if you're going to have the fake crowd noise, at least be on time with it, right? Like, if there's a the, the over-the-shoulder catch that he had in the, or uh, that uh, Russell Wilson threw in the, I believe, first quarter, maybe second quarter, you didn't hear a thing. You didn't hear anybody going, like, the fake crowd noise never reacted to the touchdown catch. So, it's not working. Honestly, just shut it down. Just let's hear the players. Let's hear the hits. Let's hear the the sound effects of the football game. Not of the fake crowd noise. That has been so annoying to listen to. Just to get that out there. Anyways. Uh, you'll hear more fake noise tonight because the New Orleans Saints are at the Las Vegas Raiders. No fans for the entire season. Uh, this stadium is gorgeous. So, in fact, when I was in uh, Las Vegas uh, the 1st of August, I went and stopped by the stadium. It's beautiful. $2 billion beautiful. And it's just behind the Las Vegas Strip, about five minutes out. 
Uh, but I mean, for the Raiders, you know, they, they, they went through this really awkward time where they were in the middle of a divorce with Oakland. And so they're waiting for the stadium to be, you know, built and ready to go. See, they, they spent the past 25 years playing in Oakland at the Oakland Coliseum. Sure, it was run down. Sure, it was old, but it had that prestige of nostalgia. Right? It was still an intimidating place to play at. Well, it was for 20-something years until the last two years, I should say. Um, but they didn't get an agreement on the new stadium in the, for the Bay Area. They were blocked from moving to Los Angeles. So they end up in Las Vegas. And here we are. Now, the, this game, by the way, marks the first time that uh, Sean Payton and Gruden who, by the way, are old friends and colleagues. They've been on the opposite sidelines uh, against all these other coaches and teams except each other, right? It's the first time since 08 when Gruden left Tampa Bay after the 08 season. Peyton versus Gruden, and this is going to be a good one because Gruden was the Eagles offensive coordinator under Ray Rhodes when Peyton was hired to his first NFL job as a Philadelphia quarterback in 1997. 97! Tells you how old Gruden is. Uh, and the two of coach now, uh, rivals NFC South teams, uh, Peyton got his first job and it's his only head coaching job with the New Orleans in 2006. Uh, but with the teams in regards, they're three and three, New Orleans and, and the Raiders. But again, it's the first matchup we ever had of Gruden versus Sean Payton. The biggest key for the Raiders has been this, is that Derek Carr is getting protection for the first time in his career. He's not running for his life as soon as the ball is coming into his hands after the snap. He's actually getting protection. Now, they've lost Trent Brown, uh, their starting right tackle. Now, it actually, I think it occurred, I think, after the first series of the game. And then Sam Young, they lost him later in the first half. Uh, but Denzel Good stepped up. I thought he was really good for, uh, for Carr. Uh, and then for Derek, he, to be able to have the time to throw, he's only under pressure 10% of his dropbacks. Again, uh, last week against Carolina. That was the best rate in the league in week one. If they can keep that up, I think Carr has a chance to throw, uh, and I think he's, he's going to find some open receivers. He's very accurate with his throws when he has time. Gives them a chance against New Orleans. If he gets blissed and they can pick it up and he's not making the right reads uh, and he quits on his offense, which he's been known to do, especially last year, that's going to put him in a world of hurt. Now, on the running game, uh, or excuse me, on the running side of the Las Vegas Raiders, the Saints enter the game with a front that has been among the NFL's best for the past two years. In fact, they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 44 consecutive games. That's going back to when Tamai Perrine eclipsed that mark in November of 2017. Now, Josh Jacobs, to the back for the Raiders, ran for 93 yards and three TDs and caught four passes for 46 in the opener against Carolina. But again, this is a much different defense. This front is big. They're physical. They gave Tom Brady a ton of problems as well uh, last week in New Orleans. Um, if there was fans there, I don't think it would, I mean, I guess it wouldn't really matter, but I think the Saints, without the fan noise, I guess there's, what they say, 70% of it, which isn't very loud. Carr's going to have to mix up his cadence just a tad bit. He's going to have to mix up his calls or else the Saints are going to tee off on him. Uh, while the Saints, by the way, according to ESPN, uh, will be the first NFL team to have a road game in Las Vegas. 
The problem is, by the way, that there is this whole betting situation, right? The gambling. And Goodell said we never have gambling in the NFL. We have the integrity um, for the sport that we would never put to risk. He said that on the same day that the Raiders had moved to Las Vegas, by the way. Just wanted to point that out. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, but again, for the Raiders on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to need to generate some pass rush, something that they haven't, they didn't do last week at all. They only had one sack and four quarterback pressures against Carolina. This is a much better offensive line. Of course it is, right? They're supposed to protect Drew Brees. Uh, I like, like I said, the Saints are favored by four. I like him to cover. Uh, I think it's a blowout, to be honest with you. By I, I say blowout, but 12, 15 points, give or take. I don't see it being any, you know, 31 to nothing. But again, Carr's going to have to get rid of the ball quickly. Carr's going to have to be really, really good uh, on the snap and with making quick reads. Uh, by the way, speaking of the Raiders, according to Darren Rovell, the Raiders owe the NFL $387 million. This is starting this year, by the way. The Raiders owe the NFL $378 million in relocation fees that they agreed to pay over 10 years to the league. The team has financed that amount, meaning that a bank will pay it out over the 10 years, while the team pays interest to the bank over a longer period. Sounds like fun. Again, Raiders, Saints tonight. That's going to be at 6.15 on ESPN slash ABC. Another thing. I'm going to really miss. I know people didn't like Joe uh, Store, right? I think it was him. I wasn't a fan of Booger. Uh, Booger McFarlane was just too uh, obvious in his analyst work. I love Joe Terrestor. I don't know why they actually canned him or let him go. I was a fan of him. It's lame. And actually was a big fan of uh, Mike Tirico calling the Monday night games too. Uh, and speaking of which, impressed and a big kudos to Chris Fowler and Kirk Herstreet last week for their work. I thought they were wonderful in that Pittsburgh Giants game. If I could get Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler every Monday night, I'm in. If I get Mike Tirico with Jaws and uh, John Gruden, all in. Even with just Mike Tirico and Jaws would be really good. That was the old Monday night crew, uh, 07, 08, 09, 10, and I think 11, and then they were out. I thought they were, I thought they were awesome. Uh, of course, anybody, I mean, Al... Al Michaels is, I'm not a big Al Michaels fan, but I love Chris Collinsworth. So if you give me Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth, I'm in. Hey, another note on Las Vegas, by the way, Darren Rovell again. In 2003, the NFL banned the city of Las Vegas from advertising on the Super Bowl broadcast. It wasn't until 2010 when the ban was lifted, as long as the ad didn't feature any specific hotel and showed no gambling imagery. Again, Roger Goodell's been big about the whole gambling thing and that he didn't want the integrity of the game to be tarnished by the gambling. It's kind of funny that he was so worried about the integrity of the game. Roger Goodell. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, and then I want to read this really quickly because it does involve Matt Wells of Texas Tech. Uh, they did a testing update from September 13th to 18th, and Texas Tech tested 360 football players, coaches, and staff for COVID with zero positive tests. There are 13 active positive tests 
among athletes, coaches, and staff, but none in the football program. So again, that means Texas Tech's good to play Texas this week in Lubbock. I would really be interested to see what the Mountain Quest Conference can do in regards of putting together a plan or contract to make sure they can get testing quickly. I'd love to see a season. Brett McMurphy said they were aggressively looking at a schedule starting between October 24th or 31st. Would love to see it. Um, whether it starts it or not is yet to be seen. But if they do, A, they need to announce it soon, and B, they need to have a schedule put out the day of that announcement as well. Or at least the week of. That would be nice as well. Can they do it is a question. I think, you know, we have a great opportunity to have some football. Um, the question is, is who's going to participate, right? Air Force, Hawaii, Fresno State, um, New Mexico is all under the big question mark. But love to see some college football. All right, so again, Saints Raiders tonight, 6-15, ESPN, ABC. Uh, speaking of great games, last night, Lakers, Nuggets, delicious. Heat, Celtics, uh, they play. I want to make sure I get this right, not wrong. Uh, we'll see the Heat and Celtics not until Wednesday. 6.30. But yet you've got Lakers and Nuggets tomorrow. So we'll we'll recap last night's game and tomorrow we'll, we'll preview uh, game four, it would be, right? Game four. So, all right. Let's, uh, let's take a break, step aside, and we'll come back with some NBA talk, including Rachel Nichols. You know, using a little bit of a political bit, which was actually really good. Howard Beck as well, uh, in regards to racism in the NBA. Um, good stuff, and that's all going to be coming up here on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press, I'll just Alex Eric Franson here, 106 on FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hope you're having a good Monday. I can tell you who's having a rough Monday right now, Eric. Who's who's having a rough Monday? Well, me, fan- because I lost pick six? Well, me, because I lost fantasy football up 50 points with 99% chance to win. Well, you didn't lose by 50 points. No, but I was up, dude, that's worse. I'd rather lose by 50 than be up 50 and then lose. <laughs> and then lose. Like, it's it's a no-brainer for me, So you're me, like man. the Atlanta Falcons of fantasy football. Oh. Oh, okay. You know what? That's, no. Unacceptable. I've never hurt you that way. I've never hurt you in such a way. AJ Falcon. That's what I'm going to call you now. AJ Falcon. going to call you something else. I don't care about FCC rules at this point. <laughs> diving deep. Uh, Eric, the Denver Nuggets and LA Lakers were in a barn burner last night. Give credit to the Nuggets for battling back. They had a lead uh, to uh, to take, what was it, a, a one-point lead. And then, Eric, of course, things got good for LA because of one guy. All right, let's see what the Lakers come up with. Rondo to inbound it, 2.1 to go. Here we go for the game. Denver 103, Lakers 102. Rondo brings in Anthony Davis, three for the win. He got it! No time on the clock! It's over! Anthony Davis hits a three. The Lakers win it. Anthony Davis from the left corner buries a three, and the Lakers lead the Western Conference Finals two games to none. Uh, Here's the problem with what I saw in that final play. 
Before the play, Jeremy Grant communicates, and he's guarding LeBron James, and communicates with Mason Plumley, who's guarding Anthony Davis. Hey, help me with LeBron. According to Anthony Davis after the game, the play was designed for LeBron James. No duh, it should be. Rondo is looking for LeBron, who doesn't even, he makes eye contact with Rondo, and either LeBron, like, somehow notified him to give it to Anthony, or said, don't give it to me, I can't get open. But instead of Jeremy Grant switching on the screen, Jeremy Grant stays still and just takes LeBron. Mason Plumlee gets fended off by LeBron James. Jokic has to go from guarding the baseline pass to going to contest the shot. And that gave Anthony Davis all the time he needed. Final score, 105-103. Lakers beat the Nuggets and now have moved to two games to none lead uh, in this series. Boy, I, I... the thing is, Eric, okay, so let me ask you, if uh, put on your basketball coaching hat for a bit, and I know you have no experience at all whatsoever, yep. but Eric, if you had LeBron James, if you were Jeremy Grant, and, you have Le- and you're guarding LeBron James, and you look at Mason Plumlee, and he's guarding Anthony Davis, if there is, in that case, a switch, what would you tell Mason? Hey, take him. No matter what happens, you've got Anthony Davis, or would you say, hey, I'm going to switch? Which one would you rather do? I don't know. I mean, it's so hard. Would it matter? I don't know that it would matter because even though Jokic was guarding the inbounds pass and he recovered quickly to get to to Davis, and when you watch it in slow motion, that ball is just like centimeters from Jokic's grasp, from him tipping it and affecting the trajectory of the shot. So, But still, you got to switch. Um you got to have somebody on. Anthony Davis was free to roam on the outside there on that. Nobody had him. Nobody picked him up and ro- was a rover with him when he flared out from the, about the middle of the court over to the uh, other side to get a clean pass and a clean look. So uh, you, you got to have somebody on him. You can't let a guy get off that clean of a shot. Uh, let's look at a couple of quick lines before we have to go to break here. Uh, again, 105-103 from Advent Health Arena in uh, New Orlando. But, oh, I just lost my spot again. God. Yeah, but you know what? Give a lot of credit for this Denver team. I mean, twice in the game they were down by like 16 points. But they this is what we've seen out of Denver. They find a way to come back, to get a run going in the second the thing, half. Though, Eric, you can't keep doing that and expect the same result. No. <laughs> Eventually you're going to get burned by it, but how are we to... Uh, <laughs> speak ill of Denver because it's worked for them. Uh, and because they keep doing it, man. You still, well, I mean, look, They got to a point where they, they actually took the lead briefly, and then um, but then LA started making shots, and they, they built up to like a, a, a six or seven point lead, um, but this Denver team just never says die. So, give them a lot of credit. Their, their defense stepped up. They give themselves chances to win at the end, but trading shots with with the Lakers is a tough way. Uh, they they had to make a few more stops, at least one more stop, and they just couldn't do it. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, we will finish up the hero on Full Court Press and look forward to a Tuesday show. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Full Court Press, let's wrap it up on a Monday evening. Again, 
Thanks so much for joining us on our show, Eric France and Aji Salveson. If you missed any of our past episodes or you missed today's show, go to 106onthefan.com. Hey, are you surprised with the way that the NBA is scheduling these conference finals? Yeah, there's so I didn't know Boston Miami have that much time off. Yeah, there's no Boston there's no game tonight in the NBA, and then Tuesday it's Lakers Nuggets again. Boston and uh, Miami play their game four on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely makes doesn't sense. make a lot of sense. I'm to me. with you. That makes absolutely no sense to me at all whatsoever in any way, shape, or form. It's all that travel. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 playing uh, those four games in five nights. All right, let's go ahead and uh, wrap it up. We'll see you tomorrow night uh, on a Tuesday evening of a show. Goodbye. Goodbye. If you're a guy turning 18, you need to register with the Selective Service System. It's the law, and we wanted to make absolutely sure you get the message.